to sportsgrumblings.com's podcast, Points on the Board. I am here with Big John. My name is William Del Pilar, the conservative Latino with Big Girthy John. And we got some good topics tonight. We're going to close out the owners' meetings. There's still a lot of good info there. And two Bruce's in America have retired that are well-known. We also have another minority hire in the NFL. And this one has nothing to do with skin, but quality of coaching. Mm -hmm. Some Dickie V kicking the tish out of something. Yep. And unbelievable, Big John. What's that? Antonio Brown is in the news again. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> so how are you doing, Big John, before we get going? I am doing fine. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. I know I may seem a bit lethargic, but I'm not. My mind is sharp. Uh, so the if the mind is willing, the mouth is going, even if the body is kind of being a lump of clay right now. So well, that always happens when you get big and girthy and old. And old. That's the key. Old. But uh, <laughs> exactly. I've been carrying around this weight for a long time. I'm used to it. But uh, the old part is what I'm still getting used to. But well, we'll for the there. audience that doesn't know, Big John was in a major accident some years back. So, uh, uh, how's the health hanging with, with, with the bones? Is the healing still there? Is arthritis? I, I, you know, how's it, going? It, it was funny because my mother called me last night and she said, How long has it been? Five years since you had that car accident? I was like, No, it's eight, actually. Wow. Uh, it, it's funny, but it's coming up April 14th, would be my eight year anniversary of almost being killed in a very serious car crash. And uh, believe it or not, I, I, I still feel it, man. Um, my, my legs are still all blood clot. You can see them. They look like someone took a baseball bat to my legs, even to this wow. day, eight years later. Wow. So, yeah, but I don't use, I try not to use that as an excuse. Yeah, I'm, I'm achy, I'm cranky, but I just figured that's because of my personality. Eventually, it would have come to this anyway. You know, Big John's a nice guy, America. He's a hugely nice guy. That's why I actually approached to work with him. Anyway, let's get to it here, big man. Sure. Let's wrap up the NFL owners meetings. There's three topics I want to talk about. Sure. And we'll get into the first one right away. The NFL is denying interviews for secondary executives yeah. uh, until after the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. Uh I kind of like it. Uh, what are your, and I'll explain my thoughts here, uh, but what are yours first? You like it or not? I hate it. Um, I hate anything that restricts people's choices. So I don't view it from the team's perspective. I view it from the, the coaches, the personnel's, pers the employee's perspective. Uh, this isn't a plea for socialism. I'm, not, I'm certainly no Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. I'm not talking about that. You're talking um, about your freedom of a libertarian in our, yeah, yeah, our own choice. Look, I, I firmly believe that if teams want to restrict their employees' movement, they should have that written into the contract. That way, at least every employee knows, okay, if I get hired by um, Buffalo or Philadelphia or Tampa Bay, which were, I think, three of the teams that said, let's they proposed restricting this, I would say, okay, put it in their contract. If you you guys, if you leave prior to the NFL draft, you have a non-compete clause until after the NFL draft. That's not uncom uncommon. It's, it's a typical business practice. It happens in any industry. Um, if you don't, if you don't want to be restricted, don't work for those teams, but right. to have a blanket policy like that. No, sorry. There's no indentured servitude in my world. Uh, well, I, no, I completely I disagree. I completely, and here's why. Uh, well, for the record, we always had a two weeks notice and I built into the contracts for our freelance writers. Right. I never actually held anybody back from a job because they were under contract for the year. Right. The contract more was a guarantee where they wouldn't just leave without, uh, uh, without uh, some kind of notice because I could be an ass. I would take him to court, even though we couldn't afford it just so they could ha would have to get a lawyer and go through the misery of all that, right. you know? Uh, but that's neither here nor there, but <laughs> people think I'm mean, but it's, no, it's business. I was protecting my dad. But, but let me ask you this, William. You told your people, if you leave, you got to give me two weeks notice. Right, but in reality, you always had that jerk. And this was the freelancers, our writers. Right. Uh, our management were, were under different uh, 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 California law-based type right, of right. employer. But uh, we, I never had an issue because... 
I knew our better writers would get poached because sure. we weren't paying much because we had right. so many volunteers, you know? Right. And uh, so I, I, the only thing I ever kept them to was like, I said, can you give me two weeks? I said, you can write for them, but I still need those two weeks. Like, I have to find somebody right. to slide them in. Right. Not one, there was in 10 years, there was never not an issue. Now, the reason I, I, I understand this rule and I disagree with you is it has to be league wide. You know, you have to shut that down to make it uniform. I get that. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand the logic. But it's they don't. These are jobs that people can't turn down, and the teams know they can't keep those employees from turning them down. So they're not saying we want we don't want you to have that job. What they're saying is we need you through the NFL draft. This rule is being put in place so teams don't poach somebody right before the draft i understand why i understand why teams would want that and what i'm saying is write it into the contract right no no, that that is john as a business owner we should know that it's a 99 percent chance that's in the contract but they needed to get it passed as a league why Uh, 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 to have uniformity you know uh those leagues, whether we like it or not, they're built on uniformity because of the law. John, I, we've had this conversation. I could not give employee A, who was 10 times better than employee B, a bigger bonus because precedent, because of activist, stupid, ignorant judges would sit there and look at employee B as the equal of employee A. You know, So it was easier for me not to get into that potential legal battle. Here, y'all get the same gift. You know? That's probably one big reason even though they're exempt from certain laws it's just common sense you, you make this rule it erases any issues plus uh most owners would want they are the team owners so they're just all they're doing is taking it one step further and the players union has not come out against this well i'm sorry i apologize there is no coach yes. union. there is no coaches union. Right. so that's one reason they can get away with this without some kind of negotiation but i think it's a fair deal because Look, there's no doubt Jerry Jones would try to post a Carmen, the former owners of the uh, the York family, the Bartolomo, Bar- uh, Bartolomo. No, uh, yeah, Eddie. No, Bartolomo's Eddie. the money honey on, C- yeah. on CNBC. Yeah. Um, he would do something like Bartolo's that. So, with the Bartolo. so, my point is, this keeps everybody honest. The person still gets the gig, and if he doesn't get the gig, if I'm the guy who lost out of the gig, I'd have to be asking that team, "Did you want me just because?" You knew the Eagles wanted that top court, you know. So, so there's various, as you like to use, various layers. Overall, yeah, I think it's a, a good lot role. of layers to it. But I, I, I think we just fundamentally disagree. I am always going to be on the side of more freedom, more choice for individuals, and less to corporations, governments, and and anything that's collectivist. So, to me, and you know, I agree. But John, the one thing the NFL has done. And it's probably because of the uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know who they negotiated with, but I'm sure there may not be a formal union for coaches, but some coaches probably had a say in this, that they cannot turn somebody down from taking a job that is a promotion. So if they go from assistant uh, or from, from defensive coordinator right. to, 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 you know, assistant head coach and or whatever. I disagree with that too. No, no, but my point is, is they've made it work. See, this is what you need to realize. Leagues are different because free agency alone should be against every libertarian belief you've been brought up with. Because free, I'm saying not free agency, but the draft, because they don't get a choice what team they go to, do they? The draft draft is against, if you look at the draft by itself, I agree with you. Like, honestly... The way you look at it, I've always said the draft is like legalized slave auctions right now. Exactly. I don't understand understand how the... But you know why it's done. Don't say you don't understand. I understand understand why it's done. (laughs) What I'm saying is in an era where everything gets a metaphor to like oppression of people of color, anything, anything, like the Will Smith incident with Chris Rock, somehow, I read an article from in Salon, somehow a black man slapping another black man is somehow related to white nationalism. I, I don't understand how that connection was made, but somehow it was made, right? So I'm saying in this age where two black guys can get into a bitch slap fest, that's somehow white nationalism, but these young black and 
mostly black athletes literally being paraded in front of mostly white guys saying, how oh, fast oh, oh, how oh, fast, God. how much can you jump? I got to catch you off. I got a story to tell you. Uh, this is, okay. I'll make it quick. I'm watching the clock here. <laughs> so uh, I'm at the senior bowl, you know, it's drafting. I'm, yeah. you know, I, uh, I, I got involved in, 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 I became. I was always a political junkie, heavy political junkie at the 2000 election with uh, Chad, you know, right, right, and all right, that. Right. And then that's when I saw the media begin to shift. That's when I saw the polarization right. being pushed heavily on identity politics. So I'm at the senior bowl in Alabama. I can't remember the place, but it was one of those historical places. You know what it was historical for? That's where they sold slaves. Unbelievable. So I'm in the back, you know, and I, because... Uh, I wasn't there for that portion. I was right. there to talk to coaches and so I was just more of a fan. And first of all, <laughs> dude, I'm not gay, but these are some damn impressive human specimens. Oh yeah. In terms of they come as close as close to the look of a Greek god as you'll ever see. Agree. Okay. So 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 that out of the way, I'm looking at him, John. Uh, so you can't see my arms, but they're spread out like this or that. <laughs> some of them are up there in black boxers. Some of them are up there in whitey tidies. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my God, this is how it was a hundred years ago, except they went up there and and I'm looking around because in my mind, I'm freaking out, not in a bad way, just like, doesn't anybody else see this? Am I the only one that sees this? I'm glad sure they do. I'm sure oh, yeah. they do. But, but, but you know what's funny? Here's the yeah, difference. They were being sold into slavery. Right. These people were being uh, hired to become one percenters in the country. And those owners have every right to know what they're getting because it's their bodies they put on the field. Well, but that and said- it's, And it's also voluntary. irony is just- I, I, I get it. And it's also voluntary. I get it. Like nobody's yes, voluntary to be there, right? I get that part of it. But the actual process itself, it's stunning to me. Oh, there hasn't been- now. Yeah, it, that there, now you know what the conundrum is, right? It's exactly what you said. The conundrum is, even with all the, like, literally, you can't escape it. If you watch the NFL Combine and the draft, uh, not the draft itself, but the Combine. If you watch the Combine on uh, at the NFL Network or something, the, the fact that slave auction does not enter your mind, to me, is inescapable. It has to enter your mind, right? So if you're on a social, uh, social uh, I mean, justice I think warrior... You know what the only thing preventing you from saying something like that is? Is that this, quote, modern-day slave auction is actually making the, quote, slaves super wealthy. Well, I wouldn't use wealthy, but super rich. To me, there's a difference. Super rich. You're right to, again, use that Chris Rock thing. Yes. They're getting, they're getting, they're going to be set for life, like you said, right? They're going to become rich. So, so that is to me the conflict that's going on like it's the same conflict that's going on with bill cosby like well, okay the guy raped all these women don't say that about mr yellow <laughs> right mr cosby he raped all these women but to so much of the black community bill cosby otherwise was always viewed as an icon as a hero right let, let, let me stop you there just for this it wasn't just the black community. It became because of identity politics that sure. kind of became a focal point. But Bill Cosby transcended sure. the black community. Dude, I mean, I grew up on the... Uh, yeah. right. We all did. Yeah. We all yeah. did. And then, and then the popsicles, the jello, the, the the Cosby show I love. You know, it's it's he became an institution. How, how so, devastated were you when those allegations surfaced? Oh, it be I can't remember the years, but but I do remember. I was like, damn, OJ, now Cosby. Because I mean, who to me, OJ Simpson was not the Buffalo Bills. To me, he was a player. But to me, OJ Simpson was the, uh, was the guy in those cool commercials, Hertz commercials, right? right. The legends. I in mean, the movies, he was in the movies. Yeah, yeah, he was the juice, but he transcended being the juice. Right. He was see to me, he was not only the American success story. He's, I mean, and both of these guys, what do they both have in common? They both come across as like the nicest guys around. Right, you're right, and that's why it's so devastating. So, oh, I was devastated. So I sat at my desk at the VA center because I was I had was transitioning out, so I had a six month gig there, uh, and I just sat there thinking. 
I was going through my head everything because they hadn't actually come out and said it's OJ, but it's like all that. It's like nobody was saying it's OJ, but everybody at that point knew it's OJ. So I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like a mini detective, you right. know, finding ways where it wasn't OJ and failing every time, and it was it was completely devastating to me because. It's true. You don't want to know how the hot dog or sausage is made, yeah. and you don't want to meet your heroes. But big yeah, job. We, we really got it off track. That's okay. But that. that was a, that was a great little segment there. But I agree with you. So uh, I agree. Um, but the more we're going to disagree on this, we're going to disagree on this. They should have their freedom. Yeah, the more freedom yeah. for the individual, yeah. the better. Yeah, I, I I don't think so. Only because the leagues are unique. But that said, every year of little voice keeps saying louder and louder take their antitrust exemption away <laughs> yes. yeah okay real quick here big john because we've already talked about mr jimmy garapolo yes he had uh, that he's 30 years old had soldier surgery uh waited till after the season thus no team had any interest because you have to wait out see see how he comes out of this uh uh injury well there's no longer a QB market. And over the over the owners meetings, his name came up a couple of times, just topic of interest. What right now, the 49ers are just giving public lip service right now because I see a couple of bad issues with keeping Garoppolo on that team. What are your thoughts? Is there one, is there a market? And two, uh, what is their best move with him? It's so tough because look, Jimmy G was a warrior last year. He knew he was, <laughs> I mean, he, he was hurt. He played hurt. He basically almost got them to the Super Bowl. He, they far exceeded expectations with him under center. And he does have one year with them going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, and to know the whole time you're gone, like how professional was he? Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, much more than Baker. Right. And now, because he was professional, because he performed the best he could, he he, had, he played through his shoulder injuries. People think like he just got it in the last game. He played. No, he played a lot of the season with shoulder problems, yeah. uh, just like Baker Mayfield did. And then now, yeah. And now, like, because of that shoulder surgery, his market dried up. Like there's right. no doubt in my mind that the Niners were planning to move him. Maybe if he was healthy, he ends up on the Colts instead of Matt Ryan. Maybe he I was thinking up, that. Maybe he ends up in Seattle. Maybe he ends up in Carolina. You know, but now his only hope is if a team gets that wants a quarterback gets screwed out of a quarterback in the draft, whether it's the Steelers or the Panthers or the Seahawks. For the audience, there's only two potential first rounders, if that. Right, uh, Malik Willis and, uh, and Kenny Pickett. Pickett. Yeah. Pickett, yeah. So, and maybe there's one more that, but not a first rounder, I would think. But anyway, is it a Georgeopolis coming out? <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but, but so, he much like Baker Mayfield, they're going to have to wait either during the draft or right after the draft. Mayfield, I think, is going to get cut if he if they can't move him, they got to release him. Uh, I think so too, because he's too he... much of a cancer. Jimmy exactly. G, you could keep on the team if you had to. And I think John Lynch made a statement to that effect. Like he goes, we're not giving them away and we're not releasing them. Right, um, right. And that that's, I don't blame him for that stance. Yeah, because yeah. A, you've got to feel some loyalty to the guy. And I know that's a silly concept in the NFL, but. Well, that uh, seems to be part of their culture in San Francisco. Yeah, they seem to be. Good treatment of players. Yeah, they seem to have that reputation. So, um, so yeah, maybe they do keep them um if i'm sure if something comes up they'll move him but i don't think garoppolo is going to be a cancer for that team but you know, look he could be a better version of ryan fitzpatrick right ryan fitzpatrick right. everywhere he went the last what seven eight years of his career he was somebody's backup and he always ended up starting but you never heard a bitch you never heard him complain he was always professional like he supported every he supported josh allen he supported uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Right. Well, anywhere he's been, he's been the perfect backup QB. Well, but he th- did manage to get the big contract out of the New York as a starter. Remember? Yeah, and also the the Commanders, the Reds, uh, the uh, the football team. He so, was also a nightmare for a topic we're going to talk about next. Yeah, we'll talk about it some other time. But but anyway, so 
I think Jimmy G stays put on at least until draft day. Um, and he may be on their opening day roster. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, uh, incredible. Mayfield's getting cut. If he if he doesn't get traded, he's getting cut. He's too much of a cancer to be on that team. You know what? I kind of feel for ba- Baker uh, or Mayfield because of the fact that was a loser team for twenty years till he got there. I'm sorry. That's the bottom line. He took you to a damn playoff. Oh, yeah. he doesn't deserve what he's been doing, but his own lack of professionalism, lack of maturity, made it worse. Right, like, right. Well, I, I think the problem is, is he pisses everybody off. You know, I are mean, you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me the Houston Texans wouldn't have taken Mayfield as part of the compensation back for Watson? Um, no, it's not that. What I'm telling was, you is, if he was a little Mayfield would have said, "I'm not going." And that would have screwed the whole trade up. So they just left him out. And Texas didn't really ask for him, according to the reports. But anyway, let's get back to Jimmy G then. You're saying that a team is going to stay put with him. And uh, I view it this way. Training camp injury, he's gone. Meaning they'll ship him out to somebody. Uh, In-season injury, he's gone. They'll ship him out to somebody. And right before the trade deadline, they would be possibly willing to take a pay cut in terms of what they ask for him to send him to a team that may need a, a quarterback, you know, as long as it's not in their conference sure. uh, division, you know, yeah, I could see uh, that. but, but I do see, uh, I, I could see Houston saying we're going to rebuild. Jimmy's only 30. He could be that leader. And then we'll be looking for that younger QB anyway, you know? Look, uh, the, the Falcons signed Mariota after they That was the play. other one. The Falcons right. is another one who, who, who could be looking for somebody like it. But if Mariota plays his cards right, yeah. you know, that's all that. All right. Uh, so, and I also think, though, they should not give him for nothing because people forget he's become a punching bag. But Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, when he came from the Patriots, he looked awesome and then the injury set in and his problem is the fact he's never healthy right so i i i don't fault the 49ers for saying we're done with you because you just i mean this year he's a warrior he's this we all agree but at the end of the day he's what hurt again right exactly okay let's get into some sleazy nfl smut with your uh, i don't think he's anybody's favorite guy jerry jones okay yeah well jerry jones appears to have an illegitimate daughter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's alleging he's the legal father back in the 90s. Uh, I guess he had an affair. And the reason I bring this up is just a couple of weeks ago, one of their big wigs retired and it's pretty much 99.9% confirmed that he was a peeping Tom with girls in the locker room and all that. They were the cheerleaders and stuff like that. You know, it just seems to be one nightmare after another. And he always gets away with it, as I would expect, because they're billionaire owners. Okay. He, she's a congressional aide. Uh, uh, Alexander Davis, she's suing Big Jerry, stating he's her legal father. He reached some kind of settlement with the mother when she was one year old. Right. You know, and was paying money, this or that. And then when asked, you know, Jerry will talk about anything. I'm sure he'll talk about Robert Kraft in that little uh, happy ending, you know? But when it came to this, this is personal. Yeah, I, thought, I don't no, blame him. This is personal. Yeah. Now, uh, he is saying that she's suing him uh, uh, for money. Yeah. And his attorney came out, and uh, a quote here, I would challenge Jerry Jones to put up any evidence that anyone demanded any money, period. And he goes on to say other stuff, but he's just straight out challenged. I think Jerry Jones is lying. I find this a seedy story that's going to go away in a day. But to me, it shows, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. It just seems to me as a Cowboy hater. Now, to the Cowboy fans, when the Cowboys suck, I don't like that neither because I love to hate on them when they're good. So when right. they, it's like the Yankees, same thing with the Yankees. Okay. But it just seems that these teams, these two teams, the Cowboys get Jerry Jones gets away with murder over there. What are your big thoughts in this, John? Honestly, I think this is, to me, it's one of these stories that uh, I I really couldn't care less about. Look, from what I understand, I don't think there's any doubt that he fathered this this child, this, this woman, Alexandra Davis. He's been obviously, he had an agreement with the mother. Um, what was it? $375,000 settlement when the, when the kid was born. 
uh, uh, almost 60,000 other expenses. He's been paying some sort of monthly uh, annual, annual and special, special funding. funding, which probably means a monthly check, a birthday gift, and maybe college or something. You know, I'm just, you know, that would fall under those categories, right? So I guess, Big John, the real question then is, because I agree with you in a sense, th or uh, this seems to have been, I guess the question I'm going to ask you, because I'm asking myself is, yeah. Why is this a story? Why could this not have been solved privately? Is she looking for something or did Jerry uh, look, just screw up or somebody look, find out? The only thing I could think of, uh, and again, I don't know either party, but the only thing I could think of is that she got past the age where he was supposed to support her. You know, like, look, when a, uh, when husband and wife get divorced and there's children involved, usually it's usually the husband the support is only legally mandated through through 21 i think 18 or 21 yeah yeah so why would we expect the illegitimate father of a child who by the way is doing right in the sense but, that he's been supporting this kid all along is, so why why are we what because it's jerry jones we're just like well he must be a scumbag in the situation exactly. like he's, he's some backwards hillbilly right no no from what I could tell, and again, we don't have the whole story. From what I could tell, it seems as if it's the 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 girl who just wants the gravy train to keep on rolling. You know, I, that's the way I interpret it. Um, no, you know, she. I believe her lawyer that she has made no extortion demands, but I believe you in the sense she she doesn't kind of want this to end. But I also believe, I mean. I mean, that's one possibility. So I agree with that possibility. Yeah. But I also believe it's possible some reporter got this and just blew this story up more than probably anybody wanted. I mean, I'm not saying that happened. That's a possibility. Well, the only way... Uh, I think Jerry did the only... The reason I believe those I believe those possibilities are there is because Jerry will talk about anything. He was like, no, this is private. Meaning, right. he's pissed this is out and, 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 and is going to keep it private. But well, uh, there was a non-disclosure agreement as part of the settlement. So, But, but John, you know good and well, uh, the past two years, non-disclosure agreements, the courts have literally thrown them out. When there's been yeah. a compelling reason, but for what I'm trying there's, to get there's, at is no, it's political now. Fair enough, but what I'm saying is there'd be no reason for Jerry Jones to make it public. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And you know what? The more I think about it, is whoever put this topic in our podcast should be taken out bad. <laughs> yeah. Let's just end it on this podcast in, in this note. This. Who would have ever thought in a seedy story we'd be kind of taking Jerry Jones's side? Yeah, right. Well, look, it just goes to show you anything can happen. All right, Big John. I, I want to. I've been doing a lot of the talking here, so I want you to uh, take the handle here for the next story. Bruce Arians retires. Uh, uh, if you can fill us in on uh, what happened here in terms of the timeline, and then what's starting to spill out into the uh, rumorville. Yeah, so Bruce Arians, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he obviously won the Super Bowl with them two seasons ago, uh, decided to retire. Now, if you're a casual fan, it might strike you as a sudden, well, what's up type of thing. Uh, yeah. But in actuality, a lot of the NFL insiders, if you follow them, have been saying for a while now, like Bruce Arians may step down at some point. Um, technically, he retired as head coach, but he's moving into the front office. So he's not leaving the team. Uh, he's just relinquishing the day-to-day -day, uh, control. Right. Uh, that's going to Todd Bowles, the, the defensive coordinator who has had head coaching experience. He was the head coach of the Jets. Correct. Uh, and, he's, and he's a pretty well-respected defensive coordinator. I'd say one of the better ones. Right. And, and to the audience, that, that, that's huge because he's not only a little bit older, but he also uh, is able to get along with the current generations very well. So it's not just a respect from management and his peers, but also from the players. Right. Yeah. It's, no, it's he's one of the few you see. Yeah, and I don't think anyone has a bad word to say about him either, from what I could tell. But so Arians announces his retirement and he says, Hey, I'm turning it over to Bowles. And Arians' reputation sort of precedes him in that he always tries to take care of his staff. Like he's not one of these like 
you know, like, oh, as long as I got mine, I don't care what happens to everybody else. And, you know, no, he he's well known for like, um, wasn't he the first, player. wasn't he the first to hire a woman full time to his staff? I think it was Arian. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, he's extremely loyal, but he's also old school, though. Oh, yeah. He's known for yelling at people and cursing them out. But he views that as part of coaching, you know, Um he does turn over a lot of uh, the reins to his assistants and his coordinators, but at the same well, time, he still maintains that overview. Like, like, correct. yeah, you guys can run your day to day, but if if I think something is wrong, I reserve the right to redline it right out of the game right, plan. You right. know. Now, 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 let me input that uh, he took this job, uh, telling them I'm not going to do any game plan. He was going to leave that to the coordinators, uh, and and actually, that's. In, in the military structure, in the civilian structure, that's actually how you do it. When well, there's a project manager, that you're right. in charge, somebody's actually going to do aspects of that, and that's what the coordinator right. Well, micromanagers are typically frowned upon. You want managers that delegate authority, in the corporate world at least. So, But, yeah, you're right. Okay, what uh, about this quote? General manager Jason Licht. Is that how you say it? Yep. Oh, good. Gosh, imagine going up with that name. Quote, there's always going to be some friction between people on the staff and players and a coach. It's just normal. General manager Jason licked on friction between Brady and Arians. Now, normally I would go, oh, there's something there. But the truth is you and I are, are older in terms of as fans and as being in the industry. So we've been around uh, to, to know who Bruce Arians is uh, because most don't. Because unless you're a head coach, they don't know who you are. But since right. we're in this industry, he's always been abrasive. He's always had a style about him. It seems that he may, uh, and I'm terribly guilty of this, burn bridges. Not because you hate one another. It's just like, dude, I can't take you anymore. You can't take us. Our time has just come to an end. Yeah, yeah. That seems to have happened in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he's finally moved on. And I think they're trying to use that as the impetus that Brady wanted out. But my issue with that is, hey, I'm sorry, but Belichick and, and Arians probably have more closeness together in their styles and how they look at it and how they treat the media and all than any other coach in the NFL. Yeah, but look, um, I understand what you mean because look, the person I compare Arians to, not in terms of where their strength was, is Bill Parcells. Parcells yeah, I, was Parcells yeah. was a defensive coordinator. Arians is more of an offensive coordinator mind. But look at like if you watch some old tapes of Bill Parcells screaming his lungs out at Phil Sims on the sideline. Oh my God! Stupid, stupid! Why'd you do that? That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Do you get your head out of your ass? You know, like I mean, you would hear that nonstop on the Giants. And by the way, that's when they were winning Super Bowls. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> like you know. Um, the only guy he didn't yell at was LT for the most part. Yeah. Okay? Because he knew how remember, to handle people. Remember what he said to uh, Bill Belichick? Well, that's why you're not a head coach anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Gig, you better... I was like, Duh. it's just the irony. Yeah. <laughs> so is. now, so now last year there were reports, you know, you saw him as well as I did that there was friction between Brady and Arians because Brady preferred working with Byron Leftwich on the game planning. And Arians allegedly would walk in and redline stuff like, no, you can't do this during the game. No, no, do everything can stay, but this isn't going out. True um, or not, what do you think? Probably, I would say it's true. I, I could see why it's true. I could also see that what um, some people claim that Arians, truly old school, believes in the team. He doesn't believe in any one person above the team. So he he got in Brady's face too. And I'm sure what's the last time anybody got in Brady's face? You know what well, I mean? I'm sure Belichick, but not like not in the same Arians. way. Not in the same way. Yeah, look, yeah. But see, they had a different relationship. Right. But it also Arians also in his way was very accommodating to Brady. For example, oh, yeah. he said, I did not want Antonio Brown on my team. I did not want him on my team. But why did they sign him? Because Brady wanted him. So he bent a little bit, but when they got when they got when Antonio Brown had his meltdown in the Meadowlands against the Jets, what was 
Arian's reaction. He's no longer part of this team. I'm not answering yeah. questions. Yeah. I don't it, talk about people not on this team. Like, what was that? In the post-game conference, he's, he's gone. You know, I don't care why. He's gone, you know? Um, look, so, what did he say he was retiring for? Why was he retiring? He just said it was time. And there were people who knew he was looking to retire. But here's what I th- here's the theory that's going around, which I, to be honest with you, with no other facts, just whether it sounds reasonable to me, I think it yeah. sounds reasonable. I think Arians would not retire to give Brady the satisfaction of saying he retired me, right? I think that wasn't going to happen. So when Brady retired, when he saw Arians wasn't going anywhere, they probably huddled together and maybe between management, Arians, Bowles, Brady, maybe they just had some talks and said, look, why don't we do this? Bruce, you're going to retire anyway. You told us you're tired of this. You know, there's, I think he still has health issues. And they said, look, why don't you retire on your terms? How would you like to retire? And he probably said something along the lines of, well, if Brady comes back and the team's a contender, I'd rather turn that type of team over to, uh, to, to, um, to Bowles. Oh, Todd Bowles. Uh, and and that, that is why he said he retired. He, right. That, that was his goal. Not, and that makes sense to me. Hall of Fame. <laughs> given, given his loyalty to his people, that makes sense to me. Like, why stick Bowles, potentially, with, with a crappy team, with no Tom Brady team, with no quarterback, and no good quarterbacks coming out in the draft? You know, like, so to me, it makes, it makes sense. Whether it actually played out that way, I don't know. But it works out for, it works out for Todd Bowles. It works out for Brady because Brady gets to keep Leftwich. And, and Brady now can work because Todd Bowles, more than likely, is not going to redline anything Leftwich does. Look, right. Leftwich That's would, the big key there, I yeah, think. The key Leftwich, is Todd Bowles is a defensive coach. Yes. And yes. Brady and, knows he's going to focus, he's going to be naturally inclined to focus on the defense. And it's Tom Brady. And Leftwich was a hot candidate for a coaching hot. gig last, uh, last cycle. So, yeah. he, whatever. I mean, and by Tom the way, Bowles, Byron Leftwich. stupid either. He'll, Tom Bowles won't go to the red line, but he'll sit him down. What are we doing? What are you guys talking about? You know? Well, Which it'll is be a big difference team. red line. Yeah, it'll be Bowles' team. Like, he'll make yeah. that clear. He's got that personality. But at the same time, people also forget Byron Leftwich himself was an NFL quarterback for a good 10, 12 years, I think. And yeah, 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 yeah. He was a backup for like a half. Well, he was half and half. He was the first round draft pick. Yeah, it was a bust. <laughs> so, so he, he he didn't live up to expectations. I wouldn't have called him a complete bust. No, you're right. You're but right. I'm it wrong. is. I'm he's wrong. had experience. Like in other words, it's not somebody like McVeigh who was an X and O's whiz kid. Yeah. Or whiz and hut. It was like. The guy took his lumps. He was one of the toughest quarterbacks to play, as I remember. Right, right. But, Big John, I agree with you. And uh, when I say half and half, meaning you're right. He was a big disappointment, but I wasn't shocked because he came out of Marshall. And then they, 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 there was really, there's a, a space they need to grow. And most coaches don't give those smaller uh, uh, university QBs that don't compete at the, the high level. And I think that's kind of what happened to him. But that said, uh, why, well, one reason I think, uh, Brady likes that combination of working with uh, Leftwich. Is he's Tom Brady? He's probably oh. gonna Leftwich is gonna probably agree more than not with him, and that's just a natural inclination for any player. Uh, but that said, Leftwich still a hot candidate. Uh, but why give the job to Bowles and not Leftwich? Um, because I think, well, look, if you buy into the premise that it was Brady behind this somehow, you know, like the desire to have Brady come back. You couldn't give Brady the keys to to to, to the castle, you know. Entirely. And you don't think that. You think this just happened? No, no. I think if you buy into it, which I think is a possibility, at this, if your management, do you want to give him? Do you want Brady to have, in his mind, say, "I got rid of the coach I didn't care for, and I made them put in the guy I'm in love with on this staff"? No. Yeah. You get one or the other tops because you're Tom Brady. You get one or the other. You got rid of Bruce Arians. We're putting in Todd Bowles. Why? Because Bruce Arians wants Todd Bowles. And that could have been part of the agreement, right? Like, I'll only retire. Well, didn't Brady take a trip to Wembley? The, the, and all these meetings, this meeting went down and him coming back? I, I don't know. But I mean, but look. Let's say, but let me ask you then about the new head coach. Todd Bowles is a benefi- benefi- beneficiary. Oof. 
the Latino struggling with that. Uh, you talked about why Bo's over Leftwich. Now, this also makes the NFL happy uh, because it's it's a blackhead coach. But we've already talked about how what look Todd Bowles is a damn good defensive coordinator. I actually researched him after the New York Jets hoopla. Uh, 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 a lot of uh, uh, you know with the political divide, a lot of black fans were saying he was let go because he was black. I said he was let go because of his record. But you could. Having been in that industry, we knew about his reputation. He was beloved by others. His record speaks for itself as a defensive coordinator. My take was Bill Belichick. Browns, Jets, two perennial losers. Now he's getting his shot at at, at seeing what can he do. And he had like three or four, uh, he had like a five-year coaching period with the Jets and like three or four different starting quarterbacks, one of them right. being Fitzpatrick. So right. and he, he's just streaky. So he never really has had a top-tier QB. So I don't know. I think he's now in a great situation. I think uh, uh, it was a good hire. But explain to us how we got to uh, got to him in a sense. Well, look, of, uh, I, think it was, I think it was a combination of things. I think Bruce Arians loved him. And I think um, for, for the Bucs, it is like, a PR opportunity because you are promoting from within. Now, whether they had promoted left, which was also black or bowls, they come out ahead in that sort of race uh, scorecard, right? Yeah, because they, they, well, they, technically they do with the Rooney rule. They yeah. are complying and in their minds, they hired the, the right. best um, individual regardless. Look, you mentioned Bill Belichick, which is the classic example of giving a, cho- a coach a second chance. But well, he was been, run out of Cleveland. But, but there were uh, there's been other guys who have had success on their second go-round. Pete Carroll, no matter what you think of yeah. Pete Carroll, yeah. with the, with the Patriots, about he, he was horrible with the Jets, be, became an icon in Seattle. Um, Dan Quinn went to the Falcons, did pretty well initially, and then kind of trailed off, goes to Dallas, rebuilds his reputation as a defensive coordinator. Now he's a hot coaching candidate, head coaching yeah. candidate again. Listen, some people just need the experience of being the number one defensive coordinators are probably the best equipped that's the best uh experience you could have in being a head coach but it's not a replacement for being a head coach so um they probably need to go look when you hire a defensive coordinator who's had no head coaching experience you you're if you're an owner you should either give them a five-year run or understand that they're probably not going to be successful right out of the gate. It's very rare. It's very rare. I agree. I I think a five-year run with a checkup at year two and three, checkup at year two, three, you know, if it's going south too quickly, you know, but you want to give him four to five, three to five years. Right. And what did they do with Bowles? They tore up his two-year contract as a defensive coordinator and they gave him a new five-year contract. So it seems as if the Bucks. It seems as if the Bucks are prepared to do this the right way, you know. And look, now Bowles has no excuses, right? If right. This is one. I want to ask this question. Yeah. Uh, first of all, he was twenty-four and forty as a uh, head coach for the New York Jets, but as an interim coach, he's a winner, two and one. <laughs> So uh, knowing that, knowing he really didn't have a steady quarterback, and Darnold was his last quarterback, I think. And uh, uh, is he going to be a North Turner, a great North Turner who was a great coordinator but failed at every coaching position? Is he going to be a North Turner or Bill Belichick? I don't think – well, look, Bill Belichick is is a higher standard, right? So I I don't know if I – you know, he's not going to be a nine-time Super Bowl winning coach. But can he be a winning coach in the okay, NFL? Okay, Pete Carroll. Yeah. Can he be Pete Carroll? Carroll? Sure, yeah. Uh, can he be successful? Yeah. Especially, <laughs> with, especially with the situation he inherited. <laughs> you know what? It's like you're serious. You're getting ready to explain it on ten different points. And I'm holding back. I'm holding back. <laughs> you're not holding. It's like, it's like there's one point. What's the one point? It's Tom yes. Brady. He's yes. going to be the next Pete uh, 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 Carroll. Over. I mean, he's got Tom Brady. Tom Brady actually proved to the NFL, uh, agree with me uh, uh, or not, or, but, but take the point further. But Tom Brady 
when he went to uh, Tampa Bay, my first thought was, oh, where he's going to laugh? Because, you know, even if he has a winning record, we're looking at you. Know, he's he, Tradition holds, statistically speaking, when these veterans hit these new teams, it's not uh, uh, the gravy train. He not only did it, he went in with the, the Bucks, and that defense beat down and kept Kansas City from a, a defense. So don't you think with that team alone, and sure it's not the same full team, but look, they were literally a comeback play away from advancing to the championship game or, 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 or advancing past the Rams last year. So, I mean, am I on cloud nine thinking Bo's going to succeed or? Oh, I think he'll succeed. I think he has the team to succeed. He has no excuses. He's got his veteran quarterback. He's got the winningest quarter, the greatest quarterback of all time. He, they're returning two great receivers. Uh, the third one's still a little bit batty. Do you think um, Antonio Brown will come back? Well, looking at what he just did on uh, Instagram or whatever, no, I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he should be in the NFL. And by the way, let's let's oh, say well, what's up with that libertarian belief there <laughs> no 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 he's free to he's free to oh be. i'm messing with you yeah. I'm messing but listen let's face it if he wanted to show the nfl that he's serious that he's getting over his mental issues or whatever this isn't the way to do it i don't care well, uh, let, so, let's inform the audience here yeah we're, we're talking about antonio brown versus sydney christine and big john i'll let you take it from there you're doing well so look, basically the claim here is I'll boil it down quickly because I don't want to waste too much time on this. Antonio Brown claims that he lent some money to this um, model slash producer slash, I don't know, Instagram hoe. I don't know. But her name is Sydney Christine. He claims he's, I think the, the amount of money was $5,000. And he says, right, I want my 000. money back. Apparently she wasn't quick enough giving him his money back. So he started posting these threatening uh, texts and messages on Instagram saying, if I don't get my money back, I'm going to expose you. I'm going to expose you. And there was a picture of the two of them in bed together, uh, assuming naked under the sheets. And like he was threatening to, quote, expose her now. But Big John, what was it that he specifically said that it's like, why are you talking like that? Because yeah. nobody's going to side with you. What yeah. specifically did he say? There's two quotes, I think, uh, if I remember. Uh, let's see, which quotes? Um, I'm, I'm not sure which ones you're referring okay. to. Oh, send my money, bitch. Yeah, well, yeah, he demanded. <laughs> I, I cleaned it up a bit, William. I said he or, demanded or, his money back. <laughs> Ho, you know, stop playing with me, bitch. I'm going to show you this time. And, and so when I see, and people, I'm reading it as he typed it. Right. Uh, why, John? Yeah, you're not why? helping your case at all. That's listen. That's why I think there's, without trying to be flippant, I think he has mental health issues, and I think that's why a lot of people, after especially after his Tampa Bay meltdown, maybe it goes back to that hit to, he took from Vontez Burfick uh, a couple of years ago, where he was like literally almost killed on the field with a headshot, illegal shot to the head. That, that was devastating. Um, he's never been the same guy since. Bruce Arians, who who was the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh at the time, when he was at Tampa Bay, I mentioned earlier, he did not want Antonio Brown on the team. He goes, as talented as he is, he's a head case. We don't want him. Uh, the only reason he got there is because Brady advocated for him. Brady advocated for him in, in New England as well. Belichick really didn't want him in New England, but he said, okay, Tom Brady needs him. He's got great talent. Maybe we could tame him. Then he failed with the Raiders too. Like, how many times are you going to put up with a guy who, while being a gifted athlete, has these personality slash mental shortcomings. Um, he is a ticking time bomb. Like it, it, that last game in the Jets, like, I've never seen a spectacle like that where a player disrobes in the middle of the game and runs across the field while the play is going on and walks out on his team. I've never seen that. I've seen guys retire at halftime yeah, I who, who was it retired? Somebody did. It was one of the Bills. I forget who it was. But there was somebody who retired at halftime. And it wasn't as embarrassing as what I saw out of Antonio Brown. So yeah, this is a new low. He says right? serious lows. I mean, his low, I mean, it's, it's, it's he a keeps, He keeps cratering even more and more. So <clears throat> do I think he's going to be back in the NFL? Hell no. 
and any team that signs him at this point, unless they get a written doctor's note saying he's being treated for bipolar or something like that, and he's on his medication or whatever, unless you see something like that, I wouldn't come near him. I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. He's too much of a liability. You know, all I'll say on the subject is is he's he, – I, I agree with you, John, sadly, because when he first came into the league, everybody loved him because he was the great underdog story. And then – and then it just changed. And uh, maybe there's somebody there. Maybe there's nobody there that's, that says no. And it's to tough for me to say that. that. You're right. And it's tough to me. I don't think it's that anybody says no. I think he's just in need of serious help. I, I, I don't think it's something that's like, oh, man, he's just being an ass. No, I think he has serious issues. Maybe it's a chemical imbalance. I'm not saying he does drugs. I'm saying maybe he's bipolar or something. They're, they're, He's so out there, there could be something wrong with that. Yeah, he could be bipolar for all I know, you know, and. Well, you know what? Let's just hope for the best. And I agree with you, but I would not be shocked if he does sign with somebody, uh, uh, even though it is wide receiver rich, Green Bay's looking. (laughs) All righty. Let's talk a little Dickie Vitale. Dickie Vitale, quote, cancer just got their ass kicked. So Dick Vitale is 82 years old and we're so fragmented, Big John. So not uh, not as many people know Dick Vitale the last 20 years that they did, you know, his first 40, you know, that's how long he's been around. But his voice was so distinct. And with his cancer, he couldn't talk for a while, you know. So it's, I mean, he's 82, he's got cancer. At the end, you know, uh, 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 death with a Sith, takes us all right uh, but he's he's conquered at this go around and we just wanted to kind of wish him uh, uh happy uh, uh recoveries and, and for many more years and what people don't realize we were just talking about it off camera i think uh about the uh yeah. announcers getting paid so much but there are a few memorable announcers you know right. Howard Cosell. You know, so uh, uh, and in basketball, Dick Vitale is one of the more memorable college basketball because of his, his yeah. unique voice. Any uh, quick thoughts here, Big John? Yeah, no, I mean, look, he is older, probably was going to retire soon anyway. But especially for someone like him, someone who, who relied on his voice like that to have uh, I think it was some sort of throat cancer um, where he couldn't talk and he had to be quiet. Look wonderful to hear he's he's um, beaten it to, as far as we know that he's back he's talking he's sharing his story trying to inspire others um kind of put you in mind of jimmy valvano all those years ago the jimmy v foundation um and how tragic that was i mean eventually he succumbed you know i, I had his autograph yeah that, that yeah i mean people if you don't remember jimmy jimmy v you know i mean especially with very those, charismatic that's what he had 1984 maybe i can't quite remember but they well, were like the villanova underdogs it was the villanova team that beat georgetown in the in the uh, ncaa championship and it was that famous last shot um no he was uh, north carolina state uh you're right jim valvano jim valvano yeah where he, where they missed the hoop and then the, uh, he caught it and dunked it, yeah. 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 Um, and that was against, I think, Georgetown, who was Houston. Was it was it Houston, Houston now, Georgetown? only because I'm from North Carolina. Okay. So as you're talking, you're triggering memories. All right. Yeah. Like I'm but not a big college. Is, I'm not a big. He was college. tight with him, and Jimmy V had cancer also. Yeah. And, and I'm not a big college hoops ha- fan, so forgive me if I got the facts wrong. But the point was, he he was an underdog winner. Uh, captured the attention of the country and then unfortunately got stricken with cancer. So glad to hear Dick Factile's on the mend and 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 hopefully he'll continue for a long while. You know, at 82, I'm just happy that he overcame this and uh, man, just enjoy your life. <laughs> Go do nothing. And if watching, I mean, just it's like uh, it, I'd rather enjoy it with my wife the final few years in that sense. But to each their own. Right. Okay. We said there were two Bruce's who retired. Bruce Arians was one, and one of our fav- one of the world's favorite actors. But I must say, I think Nicolas Cage would win the bet of the actor with the most straight-to-video <laughs> movies done in the last 10 years. Bruce Willis has right. been diagnosed with aphasia, 
Big John, if you want to tell us a little bit about aphasia, but he's going to take a sabbatical, supposedly, but in reality, he's retiring and he's gone. Yeah, so aphasia is one of those uh, uh, disorders that affects speech and communication. Um, now, its cousin is something called apraxia. So uh, forgive me, sometimes I get the two confused. Aphasia is a disorder which not only affects your ability to communicate, but your ability to understand what people are, are telling you as well. Um, I, I think it's due to uh, tissue damage in the brain. Um, uh, the numbers are about 2 million Americans uh, have uh, this condition, aphasia. Uh, it's more common than Parkinson's or cerebral palsy. Uh, so so what's, what's the main cause of them though? Of, of aphasia? Yeah. I think it's- Wasn't brain... it strokes we read? Well, it's brain tissue damage. It could be strokes, it could be concussions, it could be anything that affects the, your gray matter, basically. But the um, point is this this uh, uh, does something to the communicative skills, right? Yeah, yeah, they I mean, have trouble- the problem? Yeah, they have trouble either being um, expressive or being receptive. You know, it's yeah. both, both ways can yeah, be affected. Yeah. Um, is Eric here? I don't think uh, there's no cure, but like, I'm pretty sure there's medication to lessen the risk of stroke to I'm sure there's uh, a speech therapy you can do and things like that. Like I know, I know some people, in other words, take care of yourself, but it's not a death sentence is what I'm trying to say. Well, um, that is, I think part of the reason for that is simple. And that's because you can have some kind of speech therapy, uh, but but you can't wait too long. It's one of those. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I used to work at the Alzheimer's Association, so my first thought process was some kind of form of dementia, uh, uh, and, and it's not per se it can become that, and, but it, that's not the cause of it. Right. But it just seems that as a society, no matter how much you want to stay young, fit, whatever, how much we work out or whatnot, you know. Our bodies are slowly uh, coming apart uh, and deteriorating, and it's sad. Tell me you know, about it. <laughs> you know what's sad is a couple of years ago, maybe anywhere from two to four years ago, we got to the point where before, oh, it's Bruce Willis. Hey, about four years ago, we're like, oh, it's Bruce Willis probably earning a couple million dollars to have five terrible seeds. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a straight to DVD guy. His last, uh, he earned some like 40, uh, he got like 2 million per pop. And he did like 22 movies in the last four years. Now, I don't know if he got 2 million every time. Right. That's, that's what, 40 million? <laughs> Look, he's still, he's still, at one point he was the most popular actor, male actor in the world. Yeah. Um, uh, like he's been in a ton of movies, right? So, I mean, he was even in the, what was it? The, um, that Sylvester Stallone movie where he gathered everybody. Expendables. Over the Expendables. <laughs> every every uh, has been action hero from the 80s. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. he's been in a lot of stuff. And look, he was a good comedic actor at one point. People forget when he started on TV in Moonlighting with Sybil Shepard. Uh, it was supposed to be a detective drama, but there was a, that was one of the hot couples. If you were old enough to watch TV in those, uh, those years, that was the, was it Maddie? And I forget what his character's name was. Uh, but but well, it was that it was Bruce with hair. Bruce with hair too, not a few hair. <laughs> I look at him and I go, "Oh man, that poor guy's done." But he could <laughs> do comedy. Yeah, he could do comedy too. You know, it yeah, wasn't just yeah, action. Yeah. He could do comedy. Um, you, think, so, you think he should try to come back or just enjoy life? Look, and... my my te my the temptation is to say he should just look after his health. He probably doesn't need the money. I say probably because I don't know what his financial situation well, is. Look, dude, the, the earned, let's say it was two million a pop, 22 movies, that's 44 million. Uh, he was probably used to getting uh, 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 much more than that at his heyday with all the, what I'm saying is he may have uh, begun to learn to live a lifestyle that the numbers that is, weren't right, that's hard to maintain. Yeah, that's hard to maintain. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So like, but that's the temptation. Um, the other thing is that some people, especially actors, uh, they're not driven solely by money. They're driven right. by a need to to Work. project and to to be seen and to have attention, attention. paid to them. Um, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. That's the actor personality. So 
Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, I hope he's he's. I hope he can at least um, mitigate the 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 symptoms of what he has of aphasia, and hopefully he'll be able to live a productive life uh, in comfort instead of being worried about pain or or debilitation or anything like that. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it just in researching this coming across, it's like back in 2020, the uh, actors and, and, and the crew knew it's, it's, you know, there's a quote here. Uh, somebody said that he said, this is Bruce Willis. I know why you're here and I know why you're here, but why am I here? Yeah. I mean, so he, he was starting to use an earpiece. He looked confused. There was a movie, a couple movies ago that we did watch. I it was my B movie, uh, Meltdown for a Night. So I watched one of it, and he—you could just see in the actual role, it was—he was like a feeble old man doing the same scene. And he—and I say feeble because he had this confused look. So it transcended not just from—they uh, uh, couldn't hide it anymore. Right. And, and this one director worked with him with one movie, and and then when he asked about it because he said oh god this guy's this guy's lost you know and they, so they said no no he's better so he did a second one he goes well he's worse you know so they offered him two more and he turned him down hmm. and to me when i read that i was like wow it's like this is bruce willis he still can make that dvd straight the dvd right. or video millions Right. And so I think when that opportunity is no longer there, even from the up and coming directors, I think it's time for him to, the, to uh, actually, we can't, I am not going to say what it's time for him to do, but it's time for him to make some serious decisions sure. and maybe uh, spending the rest of his uh, days with his family and focusing on the therapy because, right. because maybe he's been doing therapy and maybe he can't come back, but uh, uh, that, you know, big John, I think we should close it out with what, Tell me your favorite movie. I mean, his filmography is so vast. Right. There's not just one. Tell me your favorite movie. Oh, uh, the first Die Hard movie is probably the one that comes to mind first. I liked him in Sin City, and I also just loved Sin City, the movie. Um, but I would say the first Die Hard, all the Die Hards were good. Um, even the ones that, even Die Hard 4, where he's chasing Justin Long around Russia, I think. Even that one I'll watch. But his character in Die Hard, the first two, especially the the... The one where Nakatomi building and then yeah. the airport in Philly, uh, that was, you know, one and two were great. And like I said, Sin City are probably the ones. And Moonlighting, the TV show, because it was a groundbreaking TV show at the time. So, Well, you hit three of mine. Uh, the first Die Hard. I mean, is it a Christmas movie? Or not? Yes. <laughs> yes. Big John, Christmas movie. Me, it's an action movie. I, that's yeah. set in Christmas. I, I don't care. Yeah. You, know, you win. I don't care. I don't uh, care either. But, but Sixth Sense. You know, I saw the movie. I, I, you know, it was one of those few times I don't want to talk to the outside world. And uh, towards the end, middle end, I, I figured it out because I'm like, only because he never spoke to the person. I mean, it, it was, it just seemed too. It, it was like that's not how they would have done it, yeah. You know? right. But uh, uh, that's uh, and obviously Sin City too. I like them in both of them. The first one's a classic. The second one's like yeah. dude, not him, but the movie in general. Uh, but my most favorite movie with him is Sixteen Blocks, where he plays the drunk cop that yeah. should have retired five right. years ago trying to protect that rapper. You know, he's got that Rosie Perez that I'm going to shoot you just because I can't yes. take your voice, you know? And to me, because once that movie gets moving, it takes about 20 minutes to set right. up. And then from that point to the end, it's action or right. intense suspense. And that one is, uh, uh, I don't know, when that, that's kind of like Roadhouse. If I'm surfing, Yes, I was going to say, that's the, watch it. yeah, that's the perfect cable movie that you always stop on is 16 Blocks. It was underrated. I, I don't know that it was his best work, but it was a good and solid movie. And I enjoyed watching it when I saw it. Yeah. Well, he looked his age. He looked like, I mean, that's what I found fascinating to me. And that those, again, I talked the nuance of life. And those are the little nuances. You saw how much he, it's like, to me, it's a combination of makeup and how willing the actor is to get into that that role he's playing that he played right. that older guy that older drunk i mean it's like when you saw him you saw a fucking drunk cop right no yeah. he made you believe yeah that's and that's the hallmark of any great actor right it's yeah it is the suspension people, of disbelief big john has done acting before but john i tell you what 
send us away with what's the name of your latest project? Oh, it's uh, not suited for uh, children under 18. <laughs> it's not suited for work. Well, I'll, I'll say this without describing it too much. Uh, go to backtothestoneage.com. And uh, it's, it's a project I put together uh, for Amazon video. Uh, but it ended up being banned for being too controversial, William. Well, let me put it this way. I think Tim Tooltime would probably love it. And I think my mom, uh, you'd be like, is she around? No, she's around. She's not. You're cool. Come yeah, I don't, I don't think too many females would appreciate uh, uh, that show. But um, yeah, it, 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 uh, we're hoping it'll hit big. We're, we're going to roll out the episodes in stages. So uh, uh, tune in here and we'll let you know exactly when it launches. But back to the stoneage.com. Thank you, Big John, and to right. everybody. We hope you enjoyed the show, as always. Let yes. us know uh, what you would like to hear, feedback, you know, and we'll grow as a show together. So you've been listening to Points on the Board. Thank you. We hope to see you next time. And don't forget, visit sportsgrumblings.com and check out our stories, articles, and previous podcasts. To Big John in America, good night. Bye-bye.